right, welcome to the show. Good to have you along for hour two on this Monday, May the 3rd. Good morning to you, six minutes after 10 o'clock. Welcome to the show. The fellas are here with me, Chris Creston, Rob Trevisan, and I am Kelly Cotrera. Um, wow, this story caught my eye because we are paying through the nose uh, for, you know, lumber lately because of the pandemic. We're also seeing the cost at our grocery stores spike. I don't know about you, but I'm uh, that's the only joy I have right now is eating. So I am willing to pay a little extra. But boy, if you've got a family of four or more, which includes some teenage boys, that's a tough go, that grocery bill. So now I'm hearing about this looming slowdown um, as Michigan uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmore um, has ordered the shutdown of Line 5 pipeline to Ontario by May the 12th. This is a 645-mile pipeline, and it jeopardizes the health of the Great Lakes, she says. For Canada's Natural Resources Minister, we need this to continue operating. It's non-negotiable, and they are willing to fight it in court, which is exactly where they are in a U.S. federal court right now, uh, fighting this. It's the first time I've heard about this was... Over the weekend in a story um, that the National Post ran, and the reason why I bring this up and put it together with the lumber and the groceries is this could mean more for us as far as uh, more money when it comes to heating our homes or driving our cars. Dan McTagg joins us right now to get to the bottom of what this story is all about. He's a former liberal MP and president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Dan, how long have you been tracking this story? Well, uh, I'm in my 10th anniversary of not being a member of Parliament. Uh, the story for four and a half, five years. And uh, the reason is simply that part of my work uh, in previous uh, efforts uh, with GasBuddy, with tomorrow's gasprice.com, was we would often meet with uh, management, emergency management officials from the, all the states in the U.S. Uh, and every single time we did meet, there was always uh, a request by Michigan and Ohio uh, that I, somehow I could pursue with my government uh, and with media here the idea of just how critical and how important the push by Michigan was to shut down that pipeline. And it's no small pipeline. It, uh, it, it, it looms large, not just for Alberta, who would sell the oil and has been doing so since, nine, well, 1953. Uh, it looms large for Ontario and Quebec. And the, the, the devastation the cost, the disruption would be uh, would be significant. Uh, you okay. Know, I mean, here we are, May the 3rd. She wants it shut down by May the 12th. Can you give us a quick background on Enbridge Line 5? Because I don't know much about it. I'm just hearing about it now. Um, where it, it originates and uh, where the problem lies here with, yeah. with it and uh, environmental concerns. So it's about an 1,100-kilometer uh, uh, pipeline, 600, 700-mile-long uh, it runs from Alberta it, down into Wisconsin, crosses over uh, U.S. Uh, territory, and then crosses uh, at uh, the northern part of Michigan, Mac- uh, the Straits of Mackinac. That's the uh, four and a half, five kilometer uh, waterway that separates Lake Michigan from Lake Huron. And there it goes under the lake uh, in a tunnel. Actually, there's two uh, pipelines side, side by side, one's for propane, something called natural gas liquids, and the rest is oil. Uh, that's been since 1953. No incident, no spill, um, certainly as part of that, that uh, pipeline. It then makes its way down to Sarnia. In other words, it crosses at Port Huron and then supplies our three refineries in Sarnia, not just our refineries that produce oil and gasoline and jet fuel, but it also supplies the uh, Imperial Oil Nanticoke refinery, 
um, not far uh, off of uh, Lake Erie. And it actually, uh, through another pipeline that connects to Line 9, uh, provides oil as far away as Montreal. So all five refineries that supply pretty much the bulk of all of our fuel here in Ontario and uh, in mostly Quebec, uh, and even natural gas, sorry, uh, uh, propane all the way out to the Maritimes, are all affected by the shutdown of this particular uh, pipeline. And, of course, we know that the governor um, of Michigan, a Democrat, very high-ranking, by the way, she's vice president of the Democratic uh, Party, the convention, uh, has been pushing this uh, since uh, since she was elected in uh, 2018. And it's a primary issue for her, much of it to do with what we saw back a couple of years ago, which is that in 2010, Enbridge's other pipeline, they have several, in Michigan leaked in the Kalamazoo River, and it uh, pumped in about 17,000 barrels of fuel, which, of course, sorry about that, uh, created a real problem as far as the mess was concerned, and uh, that's left a bitter taste in the mouths of Michiganians, especially those who believe that uh, a leak uh, over the Straits of Mackinac is imminent. Listen, I, uh, I'm i one of those people that enjoy my time on Lake Huron. Uh, my in-laws have a, a second home there, a cottage there, and I go up quite often, and it's a beautiful lake, and it would be horrible to be devastated by a leak. And apparently, uh, Governor Whitmer, uh, she listed several infractions to do with this pipeline, including failures to ensure that the lines are supported every 75 feet and that they're covered by a coating to prevent erosion. What do you know about that? And, um, you know, how valid is that? Well, it's not valid at all because the company, Enbridge, has said uh, for the past two years and, and received support from the previous uh, governor to put the pipeline under the uh, under the straits, put bury it uh, several hundred meters below even the lake bed. So uh, it's a little disingenuous. It looks like it's taking one side of this issue uh, and completely ignoring the fact that there's been absolutely no when it has come to uh, the uh, the the actual pipe itself, it's, it's 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 the pipeline that goes under the Straits of Mackinac are the thickest pipes, oil pipes, hydrocarbon pipes anywhere in the world. So it's poppycock. But the reality is that uh, they're using uh, their uh, climate agenda. They're using their probability of a leak. Pipelines do leak, but they're sort of carrying the stuff. And of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the damage that can be done by just any form of energy, you know, whether it's nuclear, whether it's, uh, I don't want to get on a tangent here, whether it's, yeah. uh, you know, environmental uh, issues uh, uh, relating to windmills or solar panels and the inability to recycle, all that stuff. The reality here is that it's been a very, very successful pipeline. To target this isn't just about, you know, a proposed building pipeline. It's one that actually exists and is absolutely important for both the Canadian and U.S. economies, especially around the Great Lakes. Okay, well, why would she purposely, you know, put the American economy at risk like that? Because the Americans, like Canadians, have not tolerated pipeline blockages. They have tons of pipelines they can rely on. So if you shut one down, they can rely on dozens of others. Americans have been building out their pipelines. In Canada, we've been humming and hawing, navel-gazing, second-guessing, ignoring, and I would say to, to a large extent, disrespecting the significance of pipelines in terms of our uh, of our financial health and our ability to uh, to make ends meet. Look, it's not just about selling oil and turning it into gasoline. It's about oil that is, supports our petrochemical sector, the kind of products that make PPEs, the kind of products that uh, have uh, you know seen our standard of living achieved much higher and much more cleaner than anything we have had done in the past, including coal and other means of, of uh, fuel. I mean, chopping wood or stuff like that to be an example. What I think has happened here, though, Kelly, is that we've 
completely lost sight of, of, of the fact that you can't push the environmental agenda on climate change and carbon alone without recognizing that these things are going to take time. And we're going to do in one fell swoop, in one evening, in one day, potentially, if a court order, if the governor gets a court order, no matter what is happening before the courts, gets a court order calling for the injunction on the 12th, uh, our goose is cooked in Ontario. And we better be prepared for a jump. And let me be very blunt about this, because I know what I'm talking about when it comes to gas pricing. 20 to 50 cents a litre easily. Over and above the dollar thirty you're paying now, you would probably see yellow tape at a good two-thirds, half to two-thirds of all gas stations out there. You would have no more jet fuel. And the idea that somehow you can fall back and say, well, we can, we can truck oil from Alberta, or we can rail it from Alberta, it still takes diesel to do those things. And if you've got a shortage of diesel caused by this, you can see how the problem becomes more compounded. And uh, there's no easy, non-disruptive alternative. We had that. It was called the Energy East Pipeline, but it was the Trudeau Liberals that scuppered that. Okay, so what about natural gas? Well, natural gas won't substitute. The natural gas will always be there. We have the main line that's been functioning for years. And ironically, most of our natural gas here in Ontario comes from, drum roll please, the United States, the Marcellus Shale. We have become and allowed ourselves to be painted into a corner by saying we don't want pipelines going east and west. And I don't just mean gasoline, uh, oil pipelines, or natural gas or, or natural gas liquid pipeline. But the natural gas liquid pipeline would be, uh, you know, is a significant pipeline as well because the propane is used in industry. It's used for our barbecues. Uh, it's used in a whole host of other products that we make, ethylenes and things like that. And so I'm equally concerned that it's great that we're going to summer period. We don't need to worry about heating our homes. But come September, October, November, and the Great Lakes shuts down, your options are limited. So, again... I guess my concern has always been too little, too late. I knew about this four and five years ago. I pleaded with everybody I could speak to as part of my, you know, talking about gasoline prices and, oh, by the way, you should know that. And I I won't single them out because I'm saying they're the only ones, but, you know, several discussions with the Canadian press and they just shrugged their shoulders thinking it wasn't a big deal. I hope wow. this doesn't happen next week, but it has. Just, and it's about- I, I can't believe we're this close to it. And it's it's just something that I'm hearing about now. Yeah. Well, Kelly, your federal government didn't bother cluing into this until January and February. Um, my good old friend, Joe Co-Martin, who's our uh, trade ambassador in, in, in Detroit, has said, you know, they've tried everything under the sun to, to get, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Michigan governor, governor to respond. We now know the federal government's getting no response from the Biden administration. Look, if you want to curry favor with those demanding pipeline closures, and you play that kind of game politically, you know, so, sooner or later someone's going to call you on it. And that's exactly what's happened. Our federal liberals have been big on shutting down pipelines, attacking the oil sector, attacking our hydrocarbon sector. It's our number one generator of wealth and revenue, not just for Canadians, but around the world. We're the fourth largest producers in the world. If you want to trade that away, fine. But don't expect that another country isn't going to come back and call you on it, as the United States is doing now, and saying, if you think so much of shutting pipelines, well, guess what? This is about to knock on your door. So you think May 12th, this deadline, this this pipeline, Line 5, is going to be shut down, whether temporarily or not, damage is going no, to be done? I don't think it's going to be shut down on the 12th itself, uh, but any court order could have that disruptive effect. And if, if what has happened here, Kelly, is that Michigan is saying we have responsibility for this. We have uh, the right uh, to give the easement under the lake. Uh, which was given in 1953. We are removing that because we don't like what you've done for whatever reason, political or otherwise. What happens on the 12th is that effectively Enbridge will be producing, sending and shipping oil 
uh, in violation of Michigan's ordinance. And of course, Michigan only has to go get a court order to uphold that, and it will be shut. They'll simply bring in the National Guard or local police force or whatever the case may be to shut it down. Will that happen uh, on the on the 12th? No. And will this happen ultimately? I don't know. It's 50-50. But I can say that four years of neglect and mm. basically you know, looking the other way, not thinking much of this, uh, and spending more of our time trying to figure out how to shut down pipelines, these are proverbial chickens now coming home to roost. Dan, I want to thank you for your perspective. Uh, it's been really informative having you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Kelly. All right. Cheers. Dan McTagg, former Liberal MP and President of Canadians for Affordable Energy.